0: the never me and
1: my son when we welcome to sportfire the sports comedy podcast everyone has in the final four that's fully gonna lose to some random Jesuit school on a buzzer beater. Reminder, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get vaccinated, wherever you get busy, just shake that booty nonstop when the Beat Drops just keeps swinging it. March Madness is finally upon us, and with that, it's time for a super quick trip through the headlines. Just a minute, I swear, seriously, so quick you won't even notice. Okay, don't be mad, it's a little long, I'm sorry. If you're looking to pick a classic 12-5 upset this year, keep your eyes on Radford versus Villanova. And if you want to see a 5-10 upset, try to get a camera on Coach K. That's his height, I googled. Yes, for the first time since 1995, Duke did not make the March Madness field. So finally, we found coronavirus's first pro. Now comes the tournament bubble, where all selected teams will be confined to one restricted campus in Indianapolis, where the NCAA will dictate their every move and every meal. Or as college basketball players call it, we get to eat? As the NCAA called it, no. Everyone's favorite Cinderella Loyola Chicago is back, this time as an eight seed. Hey, just a hunch, expect less sister Jean this time. Patrick Ewing and Georgetown won the Big East tournament, earning a March Madness bid despite an under 500 regular season record. Coach John Thompson was definitely helping us from above, said Ewing, at which point Georgetown was banned for improper benefits. Rick Patino coached Iona back to the tournament too, winning the MAC Conference Tournament. To celebrate safely, Pitino made sure his trademark sex and stripper parties maintained social distancing. Iona players were instructed to make it rain by repeatedly Venmoing $1 at a time. LSU lost the SEC tournament final by just one point to Alabama, said coach Will Wade, well, you get what you pay for. The New England Patriots went on an impressive spending spree this free agency, adding standouts like Matt Judon, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith, as well as former Eagles Jalen Mills and Nelson Aguilar, who I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick agreed to sign as part of a My Fair Lady style bet. William Belichick, you can't make just anyone into a right proper two-time Super Bowl champion. After pushing hard for a Russell Wilson trade, the Chicago Bears instead signed quarterback Andy Dalton. Man, that's like asking for a PS5 for Christmas and getting Andy Dalton. Oklahoma high school basketball announcer Matt Rowan blamed his N-word laced tirade on low blood sugar and his own diabetes, because who among us hasn't been rangry? Sorry, that's racist hangry. Joel Embiid escaped a season-ending injury this week, diagnosed with a bone bruise instead of something worse. Unfortunately, the force of all of Philadelphia exhaling did pop the bone out of place. Rumors emerged of A-Rod and J-Lo's breakup Friday night only for the pair to claim on Saturday morning they're trying to work it out. But by Sunday, it was official. The relationship was suspended 150 days for a third positive steroid test and the eligible members of the New Orleans Pelicans received their first dose of the COVID vaccine. Zion Williamson said he didn't feel a thing, then realized the needle was actually still in there. Support for Sportfire is of course brought to you by Manscaped. You wanna talk about a buzzer beater this March? Well, Manscaped's buzzer beats every other. I wrote that myself. They're the best in men's below the waist grooming. They offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations that comprise their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. That is the Lawn Mower 3.0, the best ball hair trimmer in the game with an LED light. The Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver, as faithful as a 12.5 upset. They also threw in some boxer briefs. That'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day and a travel shed bag where I store all my grooming goodies. You. If you are interested, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Coming up later in the show, a sneak preview of a basketball movie I think you're really gonna tolerate. In an interview with the one and only Rob Riggle, courtesy of Affleck. But first, our Mega March Madness preview with Duke's Biggest Star. This will be the first NCAA tournament without the Duke Blue Devils since 1995, thanks in large part to this man. So we brought him on the show to help us preview this year's March Madness. Please welcome the Duke walk-on who tested positive during the ACC tournament.
2: Happy to be here. <laughs> Happy to see sunlight.
1: How are you feeling, first of all?
2: I'm asymptomatic, but I've been a little nauseous ever since Coach K hooked me up to that car battery. What? What? Okay,
1: Um. so let's talk turkey. After a thrilling championship week, the bracket is set. Entering the tournament, which one of the one seeds looks the strongest to you?
2: I'm gonna be honest, I didn't get a chance to watch much of the action last week. I haven't been let out of the shame shed since Wednesday.
1: The shame shed?
2: Yeah, your college didn't have a shame shed? Nope. Oh, must be a Duke thing. It's a single room on the edge of campus in a strange hut. Uh, After every game, our least valuable player has to spend the week in the shame shed. Usually it's a walk-on. So since I got us kicked out of the tournament, I've just been eating printies.
1: I'm sorry, eating printies?
2: Oh, is that also just a Duke thing? (laughs) that's when your coach won't let you eat food and just keeps feeding you 3D printouts of food. And this is all a punishment because you ended Duke's season? No, it's not a punishment. It's more like an inside joke. But you haven't eaten in a week. How is that a joke? Because everybody's laughing outside my door while I do it.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's pivot for a bit. Everybody's going to be filling out their brackets for Friday. Let's talk upsets. You've been around plenty of teams in the field this year. Who do you think? Ah! What, what was that?
2: Oh, no big. I'm just trying to pass this kidney stone Coach K made me swallow. What is going on? Duke is a brotherhood, and I let down the brothers, so I had to swallow kidney stone. It's no big deal, really. Uh, Grace and Allen used to do it voluntarily. It is
1: a big deal, it, it's, it's a really big deal.
2: Uh, it's just the way it is. The stones, the shame shed, the fire circle, that, that's Duke. What's the
1: fire circle?
2: Oh, it's this amazing bonding moment. At midnight, at the start of every season, the whole team gathers on the quad and sits in a big circle. And then, on the other side of campus, I burn down a library and get arrested for arson.
1: So the whole team just sits on a field and you go to prison?
2: Yeah, it really brings the whole crew together. We're like a family. A family where one specific guy has to sleep on a bed of nails. Duke sounds like a really bad time. I mean, it's not so bad. After I cleared quarantine, the team threw me a little party. Coach K even set off fireworks. I can see them from the one three-inch window in the shame shed. I-, I later found out they weren't fireworks per se, and Coach K was actually just blowing up all my earthly possessions with dynamite, but it's the thought that counts.
1: Yeah, and the thought is bad. Hey,
2: that's what brotherhoods do. All for one, one for all. Do I wish we could have made it to the tournament this year? Sure. Do I wish I could still close my eyelids on my own? Absolutely. Did I wish for all these loose lizards? For sure no, but I got them anyway.
1: All of this because you kind of, sort of ended a 500 team season about a week before it would have ended anyway.
2: <sighs> okay, I have to confess something.
1: Please.
2: It wasn't even my positive test. I switched urine with Matthew Hurt. What? COVID tests
1: don't need urine samples.
2: Then what was that P for? I have no
1: idea. I'm going to guess some horrible Duke ritual. Oh,
2: right. The urine wall. Look, I know it sounds bad, but Duke will always have a place on my heart. You mean in your heart? Nope. They branded a Duke logo on my actual heart.
1: Hey, man. Are you okay? Can Can you please tell me if you need help?
2: Yeah, it's rough, but I'll be fine. Coach K said, if I ever feel like I can't take it anymore, just fake a back injury and they'll let me out of here.
1: The Duke walk-on, everybody.
2: Can somebody get me rice? Or like bread, maybe?
1: The Duke walk-on, everybody. An unwell child. The sports comedy world is waiting with bated breath for an official trailer for LeBron James Space Jam 2 after getting artwork last month. But did you know there's another cartoon crossover production featuring an NBA player making headlines? We just got the new trailer for that film, and I think it's gonna raise some eyebrows. Check it out. When the
3: world's most anti-Semitic basketball player, Myers Leonard, teams up with the world's skeeviest cartoon character, Pepe LePew, you won't believe your eyes. Space Band the new cartoon comedy crossover event streaming exclusively on Twitch.
1: Pepe, stop humping that basketball and
3: let's get to work. Ah, never mind. Shit's hilarious. Keep humping. Wee wee wee. From executive producer Ben Shapiro, Spaceman features all your favorite characters who've been recently cancelled. Like Gina Carano lending her vocal talents to everyone's favorite ravishing rabbit, the real Lola Bunny. Giant cans and all. Looks like you boys could use a hand out there. Mind if I join? No! No! No girls allowed on the boys' court. Didn't you see Trump's speech at CPAC? Animated by a young Dr. Seuss, watch what happens when the world's most canceled superstars clash with their cartoon counterparts in an out-of-this-world
1: epic adventure. If we're gonna defeat the woke stars, everybody's gonna have to give 110%, especially you, Potato Head. That's Mr. Potato Head to you, and my big swinging shaft and sack, too! Wow, Mr. P, you sure do have visible genitals. Hands off,
3: Lapew! Ooh la la! And with the game on the line, it all comes down to one man against cancel culture.
1: 10 seconds left, guys, we've got this. I'm gonna inbound it to Potato Head, he swings it to Chris Harrison, Harrison passes back to Governor Cuomo for more on Mountain, then back to me, and I'll take the shot. What is it, Cuomo? But Myers, can you shoot it from beyond the free-throw line?
3: Uh, Sorry,
1: I don't know what that means. With an all-star
3: soundtrack with music from only the culturally insensitive Muppets and the banjoist from Mumford & Sons. Bugs, Daffy, it's Pepe. Get down to the arena. It's overtime. We need you guys. No wait, Doc. Not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. 10-foot pole? Did somebody
1: call for Mr. Potato Head? Leonard. Sorry, my wife needs me. I got to end the stream.
3: Le Pew. More means we. And featuring the ghost of Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head. Two more years on this Earth, then you know I'd be cancelled! In a cinematic showdown unfit for this century, Space Band. Try turning this movie off, it somehow only gets louder.
1: Ah, that should be great! And you know what? Between recording this episode and releasing this episode, I'm pretty sure you'll all know someone else who should be in that movie. Isn't that fun? It's like a secret that future me knows. All right, here's the main event. On behalf of Aflac and their post-pain show this March Madness, I bring you Comedian Rob Riggle. We are here with Comedian Rob Riggle on behalf of Aflac talking about March Madness, which which kicks off this week. Rob, first, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Aflac this March Madness and what goes into the Aflac post-pain show.
0: Um, well, I was lucky enough that Aflac reached out uh, and wanted to talk about this campaign they're doing for March Madness, which I think they maybe heard that I was a college basketball fan, which I, you know, I went to Kansas. So I'm a college basketball is a big thing for me. I love it. So I, I was very interested to hear what they wanted to talk about. They got this campaign uh, post pain trash talk campaign, uh, which I, I love the idea. I really did like the premise because obviously the tournament's different this year. It's, it's very closed off. It's, it's, you know, you got a bubble thing going. Um, it's, it's not like it usually is. And so a lot of people, family members, friends, colleagues, you know, they all like to trash talk and have fun during March madness. I know I do. I, I send texts to my friends from other schools and uh, guys that I served with or guys that I worked with. And and we talk talk trash during the month of March. So, AFLAC decided to get in on it and decided to help out with the trash talk, which this is, this is what I like. They, um, so they got this thing go uh, on any of your social media, just hashtag post pain, trash talk, hashtag post pain trash talk. Tell us who you want to trash talk, what city they live in and why they deserve to be trash talked. And we at AFLAC will see if we can help you out. We might be able to help you out by proxy. We will send a comedian over to your friend's place. Uh, to trash talk on your behalf so I heard that and I was like oh yeah count me in I like this so that's how I, that's how I teamed up with uh, Affleck for March Madness.
1: Fantastic uh, you mentioned your beloved Jayhawks talk about trash talk I don't know if you're in the trash talking mood this year how do you feel about them entering the tournament are you encouraged by what you saw as the season went on or, or not so much?
0: You know, it was it was tough in the beginning of the season. We rallied at the end of the season and, and you know, figured some things out, got hot, made a really good uh, run there in the Big 12. Uh, so I was really happy with that. And then, you know, we won our first game in the Big 12 tournament. Unfortunately, the team got ill, had to withdraw from the tournament, uh, you know, because of COVID. And hopefully they're all on the mend. They're all healing, and they will be uh, test negative so that they can partake in the big dance, uh, which I'm really excited for. So, yeah, look, I know the, the, the team struggled in the beginning, but, man, they came back, and they came back so strong. So I was really proud of them. They've been a they've been playing great for the last two decades. They've just been killing it. So I have no complaints with Kansas basketball. I, I love the coach. I love the team. I love the fans. I love um, the, the energy that they put into it. It's all good. It's all good as far as I'm concerned. Now, last year, we were the yeah. number one overall seed going into, you know, we were, we had big high hopes for last year and then they canceled the tournament. Understandably. I know why they did it. Everybody gets it, but I think we would have got another title. We were number one overall going into that. And we were a juggernaut this year. We'll probably be, I think we're a three seed in uh in, in one of the brackets. i forget. I think we're a three seed in the West. That's good. That's good. I like that. I like that place. So I don't know. I have us winning the whole national championship. What are you going to do?
1: Yeah, I see no issue with that at all on a surface level. Um, Speaking of out of the tournament, though, like virus worries. Duke is out of the tournament for the first time in 26 years. Now, are you a Duke hater or a Duke respecter? And do you have a message for Coach K in his time of need?
0: Listen, um, I'm a Kansas man. So obviously Duke is, you know, uh, someone we face off with just like Kentucky, just like any of the big programs. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't hate the program. In fact, any great program I respect. And Coach K is a legend. He is uh, iconic almost. So I have nothing but respect for Coach K. I'm sorry, actually, for the fans of Duke because, you know, as a, as a, a Kansas fan and someone who makes the tournament almost as much as, uh, as, as consistently as Duke has, it would it, If I was, if the shoe was on the other foot and it was Kansas not going, it would break my heart. It would be, it would be a hard pill to swallow. So I actually have a lot of empathy for for the Duke fans and I'm sure they're down, but they're not going to be down for long. It's Duke. It's coach K. They'll be back and they'll be back kicking butt in no time.
1: That was very kind. You're, you're a kinder man than I given it, given a chance to take a shot at coach <laughs> K. Uh, I, I appreciate the candor. Um, Now, everybody's filling out their brackets right now. Everybody's doing the 12-5 upset thing. People have that, you know, sort of in front of mind. Which team do you think is most likely to pull off a first-round upset this year? And which high-ranked team do you think is most likely to give us a sobbing upset fan shot after a big loss?
0: Okay, my dark horse, I'll just throw it out there. Let's just start with that. I got Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's playing great basketball right now. I think they're on a run. I think they're hot. I think they're peaking at a good time. I like the way they play. They're my dark horse. I got them actually winning the Midwest. Um, you know, so sorry, Illinois, but I got, I got them winning the Midwest. Um, I think uh, uh, as far as upsets go, the 512 is always a classic. Uh, that's fun. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, uh, St. Bonaventure. UCLA, you know, uh, and, and a shocker over BYU. I don't know. Uh, and I'm saying if that's if UCLA wins, you know, if they get in, I don't know. I think they're still deciding between Michigan state and UCLA. So, um, let me see who, if I I'm looking, I got my thing right here. So I'm sorry. I'm just taking <laughs> San Diego state. Watch them. Watch them this year. I actually think they they're going to go a little deeper in the tourney than most people think. So I agree there, I've given away too much. I've said too much.
1: Yeah, everybody, you can stop listening now if you want. Rob gave you his entire bracket. Now you can use it. You you still have time. You can rush rush to the bracket challenge. Um, let's pivot real quick to another one of your favorite teams, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now I spoke to your fellow KC fan last week. I had Heidi Gardner on the podcast from SNL. She said she told me her story of watching this year's Super Bowl. She said she had to keep reminding herself that things could be worse. Like losing the Super Bowl is not as bad as it gets. <laughs> How has your fandom changed during this recent Chiefs run? Has it changed at all watching the Chiefs?
0: No, I couldn't be more happy. I've waited my whole life. I went to my first Chiefs game when I was five years old. Uh, You know, I mean, I've I've been with them every season through the thick and thin, through the two and 14 seasons, through the, you know, the season where we didn't score an offensive touchdown. That happened. Uh, You know, like, it's, it's crazy. So I've been there for all the pain. So it, all this glory, all this, this all these victories—the fact that we go out and we'll, we'll hang forty points like it's nothing—you know—that it's a dream come true. I've waited my whole life for it. So I'm—I just—I love our team. I love the way they play the game. I love the guys personally. I've been lucky enough to meet them and do some charity events with them back in Kansas City. So I, I personally like them. On, a, on a, so it's this is a glorious experience, and the fact that we have been in three AFC championships. Uh, you know, playing at Arrowhead for those and and uh, two Super Bowls. I, I got to a point in my life where I honestly was like, I just want to see him go to the Super Bowl once in my life before I die, you know, and there's no guarantees at all. Uh, and so I just want to see. And then now we've been to two, you know, it's just amazing uh, in my lifetime. And so I hope, and my fingers crossed and I'm knocking on wood, I hope they're the team of the 20s. I hope this is the team of 20s, just like every decade has a team. I'm hoping the Chiefs are the team of the 20s and we get a lot more opportunities to, to go to big games because it's so much fun.
1: Awesome. Uh, now, before we go, I have to ask you something that has fascinated me for years. You were in the cast of Saturday Night Live when Tom Brady hosted back in 2005. Um, do you have any stories from that week? What was that like? like was Tom down for whatever? Because he shot some weird stuff that week.
0: That was one of the best weeks, uh, to be honest with you. Tom's coming in. He's young. He's 27. He's still like under, he's under 30, right? When he, when he came to do the show, he had three Super Bowl rings. And yet there were people on the cast who were like, who's Tom Brady? What is, what is he? He's a quarterback. We got a football player coming. I was like, I wanted to pull my hair out. I was like, this is, it, he's got three Super Bowl rings. He's not even 30. You know, what are you, come on. And so I was, I was like, I embraced him. Like the second he showed up, I was like, Hey, Tom, great to meet you. And I, you know, and I, I had friends from Michigan who were sending me uh, jerseys. And I was like, I hope you don't mind. Would you sign this? You know? And I love, I loved him right away. I just wanted to uh, hang out. He couldn't have been nicer. He couldn't have been more gracious with his time and his energy. He could, he's so polite. He, he was unbelievably kind and was down for anything. They were like, so Tom, we want to suspend you on wires while we, you know, shoot a t-shirt cannon at you. What, I mean, just whatever. All right. Sounds good. Let's give it a shot. You know, you know, and he was, and he was just great. I, I really, I became a fan, personal fan of his personally, not necessarily the Patriots, but of him personally, I became a fan. Um, and he was so nice. Like that following fall in 2005, he was playing at Arrowhead and he you know, reached out and, uh, got my dad and myself, uh, sideline passes to come down. And I, I was so happy about it. I just thought it was cool. So, you know, he, I, he got some for me and my friends and my dad, and we went down and it was really cool. He said hi to us and, you know, shook hands and it was just, it was just, he made me feel special. Uh, and it was really cool. And then after the game, he, he got beat up that game. We sacked him up like a hundred times. We won the game. You know, it was just a brutal day for for the Patriots, and especially Tom. He got beat up a lot. I I thought, you know, I was in the tunnel. I thought after the game, he's just going to want to get on the bus get the heck out of here. He came out and stopped, and he talked to me and my dad for like 10 minutes, just as gracious and kind and as polite and not bummed out, not bitching and complaining about the game or anything. He was just uh, a true gentleman. So I I think personally of him, I think he's a, a great guy.
1: Well, you heard it here first. Tom Brady, gentleman and legendary comedian, Rob Riggle. Thanks so much for joining us to talk
0: March Madness today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: Rob Riggle, everybody. Courtesy of Aflac and straight from the Catalina Wine Mixer. And now it's time for my final flame. After a far too long two years, it's finally time for March Madness, the beautiful season when men can be men and athletes can play for the love of the game, not the love of the paycheck. Hold for applause, standing ovation, I get to meet the queen and shake her hand. But of course, even having been given a golden opportunity, the NCAA still blew it in scheduling this year's tourney. With the restrictions of the coronavirus pandemic, the sports governing body decided to play the entire tournament with limited attendance in basketball's heartland in several venues in Indiana. That's good, but why not take it one step further? The NCAA should have gone back to basketball's roots and scheduled these games in the rickety high school gyms of yesteryear. Specifically, they should have scheduled all the games at my old high school. Big mistake. Williams Mills Academy has the perfect gymnasium for an event like this. The smell of old oak, excellent television sight lines, And also, I left a pair of gloves under the bleachers in 1964, and I've spent most days since then wondering if they're still there. Need more convincing? Just picture this. Mark Few and the Gonzaga Bulldogs sprint out of the locker room, the squeaks of their sneakers bounding off the aged hardwood. Steps away from the action, I'm on hands and knees under the bleachers, trying to scope out the glove situation think, I say to myself, when's the last time you saw the gloves? The pep rally, before the state championship. Now, maybe if you hadn't dropped them, things would be different. Maybe Janie Brady wouldn't have told you she needed more time before she went off to Purdue, and then married your childhood bully, an astronaut. Maybe your hands never would have gotten severe frostbite the day after the pep rally. Meanwhile, in non-glove news, the game goes great. Thanks to my genius high school gym idea. I'm on cloud nine. Smash cut to Janie Brady, who's bought me a new pair of gloves. We clasp pants, and in that moment, die together. Like in the notebook, I assume. Can't you picture that? And that's what the NCAA could have had if they weren't blinded by the almighty dollar. And what have we got instead? Me, still under the bleachers, looking for the gloves, entirely unrelated to March Madness. And that's a damn shame. My thanks to Jack Usher, Max Godnick, and Rob Riggle. See you Thursday.